0: Welcome to the Audiobook Lovin' podcast, discussing all things audiobooks with the authors that write the stories and the narrators that perform them. Brought to you by Viviana, Enchantress of Books.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Season 5, Episode 15 of the Audiobook Lovin' podcast presents Enchantress Astrid Dark. This is a new series with the same great content, just a wee bit more intimate with our guests. In the past two years, we've been the official podcast for the Allure signing in 2022 and the Reader's Take Denver convention in 2023. And in 2024, I'm thrilled to be the official podcast for the Dark Star convention happening August 29th through September 1st in New Orleans, Louisiana. The Dark Star Con is a book convention focused on audiobooks and what's the next best thing happening in the audiobook world. Visit their website to learn more about this event and grab your tickets. And today, I'm excited to share and talk to author and narrator Molly Breyer. Thank you for being here and welcome to the podcast. Well, thanks for having me. It's so exciting because you straddle both worlds and you started as an author. So we're going to get into all those little lovely nitty gritty stuff um, in a little bit. We're going to start though with you telling us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been writing slash narrating and how you got started. So like a lot of people, I'm actually
0: quite new. I started narrating two years ago and I started writing less than a year ago. And that was because, you know, I I reached a certain age where I stopped my last job and then my husband retired. So we were like, what do you want to do with your life? (laughs) What do you actually want to do? Because we had a little bit more financial freedom. And I was like, I want to work with books because I've always loved books, but it had never been a real possibility because, you know, to get into this, it's quite expensive on the front end. So, yeah, when the opportunity happened, um, Andy Arndt has Narrator.life. That does a lot of coaching, so I started doing a lot of the free stuff there, and then started coaching, and then got a few audiobooks, and then started easing into writing because um, I wanted to analyze it from a business standpoint. Out and then I ended up going; I think I could do that. So eight eight books later, here we are.
1: That's interesting too, because a lot of times people would have started maybe as the author switching into narrating, but you started as a narrator now going back into our writing, which is also something that some of the narrators have been doing. When it comes to the writing, have you, are you like, as you're writing these stories, are you also going, oh, this is probably going to be an audio. So I'm going to have to do things a little bit differently as far as how that goes or no?
0: I think when you narrate, you start seeing what works and what doesn't because you have to say it. As opposed to when you, you're you just re- not reading something out loud. What happens is you kind of automatically delete things in your head, right? Like the I said tags or he said, she said, all of those like little little things that we kind of like speed read through Mm -hmm. because I have to stop and actually say it. I kind of learned a lot from writing
1: just from having to like say it. Yeah. We don't think about some of that stuff until we're saying them out loud. And that's why I don't do beta reading because my brain corrects it before I see (laughs) the error. Right. Especially if it's your own stuff. Cause I tend to read what I meant to
0: say instead of what I actually wrote.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. So reading out loud turned into like a, Really good teaching method for me to learn how to what better writing is versus like AI writing, for example. Like AI writing is riddled with the terrible, terrible things to say out loud.
1: Yeah. In case anyone listening doesn't know where we're our stand is, we don't like it. We don't want it here. We understand it's here, but it and it, I'm sure it'll serve its purpose in other areas in the arts. It's not it. Not in the human arts, definitely not. Mm-mm. I mean, you want to be the voice on my stovetop that says something to me like, it's about to burn. That's fine. <laughs> Would I prefer to have any of the other narrators saying that? Absolutely. But that also might be a little bit distracting if I have, you know, Emma Wilder <laughs> saying, Viviana, your pie is about to burn. <laughs> i am like... What? What did you say, Emma? <laughs> oh my God. Like my, so my narrating
0: crush is Jason Clark. And I, you know what? If he was like, you have methane in your house. I'd be like,
1: really? Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I like, no girl, that's not a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, anytime time I go into an elevator and I used to work for the Walt Disney world company. That was the thing that would piss me off the most is we had these elevators in our office buildings. And I'm like, We have so many artsy people. We couldn't get any one of them to narrate and say fifth floor. I mean, like pick a character, pick it, you know, kind of thing. And I'm like, no, fine. So, yeah. So, again, if you're listening to us, we do not like AI. It's not in the arts. (laughs) Mm -mm. Mm -mm. We should just do an entire episode one of these days about AI. And narrators reply to your freaking emails and maybe we won't be talking about AI so much. (laughs) Anyways. Yeah. I mean, there's still a lot of awesome narrators that do reply to the email. So still not a valid reason, but I digress. <laughs> <laughs> you write some badass women. And I love a good badass woman, but I'm like, she's carrying their own guns. She's sticking up for him. And, you know, he's rec- rescuing him. What mm-hmm. made you write the heroines in that way?
0: So my, my husband and I actually met on deployment, like 10, oh gosh, oh, this is like 12 years ago. Oh, that hurt to say. (laughs) Stop it.
1: (laughs) I've been married for 21 years. (laughs) Well, it's just
0: like, it it always feels like I met him like a few years ago. And then I'm like, we've been
1: married for this long, really? Yeah.
0: But we we met on deployment and he was a Green Beret at the time and I was an intelligence officer. So, as we developed as a couple, we started having that kind of common ground is one of the things that has kind of cemented us. At one point, we we did break up, but we stayed very close friends. And then when we got back together years later, we were like, yeah, we're going to be partners for the rest of our life because I, I haven't talked to anyone about these experiences and things like that. And I don't have that common ground with literally anyone else I've dated since you. So... I'm kind of trying to keep my characters really really similar so that they have that kind of kinship cuz I don't necessarily find at least for me I don't find it necessarily romantic when it's opposites attract but it's like he's a badass and she's like really passive mm-hmm. <laughs> I cannot mentally get over that shift of them being so different in values and like how they handle the world and then them having a happy ever after and it does because my husband now goes to an ivy league law school and he has recently also found out that a lot of his teachers his professors read dirty books and it was super eye-opening for him and i was like yes strong women with really advanced careers read these books And one of the complaints I used to have and one of the complaints that these women have is that sometimes they don't see themselves in the characters. Right. It's hard for them to relate to like an 18 year old V card holder and stuff like that. Mm. So I kind of came into this like from a business standpoint, I need to find a, a niche that works for me a lot of people already do those tropes really well. So I decided to lean the other way where most of my characters are mid-twenties to forties, sometimes even older, and they are not going to be very passive people in this. I I understand why people would want that in their heroine because, like, women are tired. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It it would be great if a guy just showed up and did all the work for us. That that sounds really appealing to some women, but I don't think, like... for some of us, that causes anxiety. Mm-hmm. So I wanted
1: to write for those women. No, I agree. So, see, for me, it's like I wouldn't mind having the housework stuff done, but I still want to go to work and be badass, you know? Right. Like <laughs> I would hire a maid who, like,
0: honey, can you do that for me? Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> Sometimes
0: in these books, there's a point where like she's waiting and she knows that her patients will be rewarded and all of that stuff. Okay. Very good lessons. So yeah, but for me that makes me crazy because it's like meditating. Some people can do it and then there's me. <laughs> me too.
1: I'm like I can you want me to sit still and not think?
0: I can sit still and like knit
1: mm-hmm. or do
0: something with my hands and then that will help me empty my my brain. Yeah. But sitting still and just being patient, that causes me anxiety. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I felt like there was a bigger niche for me to go into that way plus it fit my personality. So I was like, yeah, okay. I'll lean into that one because other people are doing this other stuff better than I will ever have a chance to do.
1: Even when I was in my 19s and 20s and I worked in offices, none of my bosses looked like that. And uh, <laughs> so none of them, there is no office romance like that. Uh, none of them were like low key billionaires with a helicopter.
0: <laughs> and I mean, romance is all about all of these like wish fulfillment things, right? So I I get where the kind of universal fantasy exists for, mm-hmm. for people that want to be more passive and want to just kind of relax into the role. But my universal fantasy is like a guy who doesn't get diminished in a relationship with me because that was a huge problem for me and the guys I dated before my husband was over time, I would watch them kind of get whittled down because they i couldn't make them feel masculine Mm -hmm. i couldn't make them feel like manly and and i was like is it really my job though Uh (laughs) do i really have is that am i the problem and maybe i was (laughs) (laughs) like am i the drama it's like (laughs) I, i i do accept that in some cases maybe i was yeah but at the end of the day like i was looking for a guy who is not bothered by any of that like he looks for the strong woman My very first book, I really leaned probably too hard into it because I made it too obvious. Like, it was a little too much in your face. But he was literally turned on by the fact that she was fighting and beating the crap out of another guy. And that just apparently made him hard the entire book. I was like, Jesus. (laughs) It's like, scale it
1: down. Come on, Molly. (laughs) But also the characters probably going, but look at her. I don't have to do it for her. She exactly get and and i'm letting her that is her world i'm gonna let her and damn she looks fine doing it that's honey.
0: <laughs> exactly because <laughs> like you know she's she's all alone he's like yeah i'll, I'll back you up this
1: is fun yeah
0: <laughs> it's like very deadly golden retriever yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's like that the other meme like you know talk back to you can talk back to me i'm, I'm i'll take care of it you know don't talk back to him <laughs> right right exactly but, i mean it's green beret no lie that's a so special forces and you know sp- you know high end and and you my dear intelligence officer that's just also very core and smart and you know badassery i can totally see why you guys are like i'm like oh let me check a good couple together not only can they have great conversations but kick butt
0: Right. That was, I think, part of his weird, very weird proposal to me. He was like, when the world falls apart and there's an apocalypse, (laughs) if I'm going to have children, (laughs) if we're, you know, I would like a partner that can, you know, survive with me instead of like being another child. And I was like, oh, that's so sweet, honey.
1: (laughs) But, you know, I get it. I totally get that. And I'll be like, yes, I want someone that can figure out strategy with me. And then if he goes into something, I'm not going to be like, oh, please be safe. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, so I get that. Is that how he proposed? Um. So he
0: proposed kind of funny. So we do a lot of activities together. So we did a ski trip. He was kind of like softballing marriage to me a little bit. And I was like, ha, 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 great. We've been dating this time around for like three months. Shut up. (laughs) So he started showing me rings and I am terrible. I was like, I like that one. I like that one too. That one looks nice. It's like, you are, you suck at this. (laughs) So he just ended up making a decision, but we went out to Vermont to ski for like a week. And then he took me to like this, like farm-to-table cheese place because I'm like a huge cheese fan. Mm-hmm. Like the good cheese, like we're talking like the the stuff that people hate, but like the stinky cheeses and stuff oh, like that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to find in the US unless it is farm-to-table because of the FDA. And it was like all of these like local wines. And then he just like slid this thing across the table. <laughs> and, and he was saying stuff to me, but I was like, cheese. Um, <laughs> so I don't... <laughs> I remember that line in the proposal, but I don't remember a whole lot of anything else because he was trying to be romantic. He was trying to make a speech. He already knew not to get down on one knee because I was like, I don't like the public stuff. Right. A public proposal would like just make me kind of angry. (laughs) (laughs) you don't want molly angry yeah i i just don't like that kind of weird attention so so mm-hmm. he just kind of like was sliding this thing towards me and he was like saying all of these nice things and i'm like cheese <laughs> I, I looked over and i was like oh hi it's <laughs> <That's> pretty So <Shiny. laughs> that's basically like how i ruined my my own like Aww. him proposing to me <laughs>
1: The other thing aside from your badass heroines that you write, you write with diverse characters. Let's talk about that because I think it's an important conversation about diversity and inclusion and being able to write in, you know, your own voice and being true to character and and culture and making sure that it's accurate through your research, folks. <laughs> right. <laughs> Not all Latinos are Mexican, okay?
0: Oh my gosh, yes. And you can be Spanish while also being from Spain. That, yes. It's
1: like, it's a weird thing. Like, oh. I mean, 50 years ago, when, every the, you know, transportation was significantly more expensive and less likely, you know, that not having that much diversity. But there are people from all over the places. I mean, you can have a Latino living in, in Greece. Right. And doesn't make them any less Latino. Just significantly more food of, you know, greatness there. <laughs> opportunities. <laughs> But you write diverse characters, so let's talk about that. Like, what you know, you could have gone and not. So, what made you want to? One of the
0: things about narration and why I picked, you know, my pseudonym Molly Breyer was because I was kind of whitewashing myself to be able to get more roles, because mm-hmm. there aren't that many Filipina characters out. Like, I I don't think there's any in kind of this darker romance sphere at all. None none that I've like run into. I know they exist i know the readers exist i just don't think the books necessarily did so i started writing what i knew which is i was born in the philippines but then i grew up in a boarding school in switzerland i kind of brought that in because it allows not just to have an american based romantic thriller and then the diversity kind of comes naturally when you start taking things out of small town USA, Mm -hmm. because you will naturally start having more diverse friends. If you start traveling a lot, the genre that I like to write in is romantic thrillers. Those are the two genres that I actually like to read and thrillers are just more interesting if it's all over the world, as far as I've seen. And of course my own group of friends are quite diverse and a, a lot of people think that diversity is just something that should be done within the United States. You know, so it's like if someone is black, they apparently come, f- they're, you know, black American, mm-hmm. when it's actually way further out than that. You know, there, there's like Caribbeans and there's like Africans and. And a lot of them have British accents or mm-hmm. Irish accents
1: or Spanish if you're from South America. Yeah,
0: exactly. So they, there. I wanted to kind of show people of color with money because that's something that rarely seems to happen in a lot of these where we play sec. You know, us darker people play secondary characters. I wanted them to have money because that is true. <laughs> that is they what do happens. folks. In my boarding school, it was incredibly diverse. A lot of my classmates were incredibly rich and it wasn't all a homogenous population of people with concentrated wealth. So I wanted to show that off and I wanted to just continue having interesting characters. And I don't think things are that interesting when everything's monochromatic.
1: No, it's kind of boring.
0: I wanted to see people that I liked and my friends to be the main characters instead of us, you know, like what I did with my my pseudonym, where I whitewashed myself in order to to be more appealing to a larger number of people.
1: And this, sadly, I think that we live in a world where even like if you're a thriller author, the thought is that you are automatically male. So there are a lot of thriller authors that use the, you know, mm-hmm. letters and then insert last name. And it's like you think automatically that's a guy. I'm like, no, that's a girl. That's a woman. That's a femme. And mm-hmm. uh, we're like, can they? Yes, we listen to podcasts and if you piss us off, <laughs> we can't get rid of you. Um, I mean, the, the number of scenarios that come into our head sometimes when you're putting the dishes in the dishwasher the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Oh. Yeah. And so we, we live in this world where we automatically think, you know, Latino, Mexican, you know, if you're of dark colored skin that's black, oh, Africa, like, you know, from there. And I'm like, or, you know, British, white, and I'm like, no, they're, they're, they're Indians, you know, from from India that are British. And then people of all different diversities move to people. I mean, like, this is what happens now with, you know, transportation.
0: Crazy rich Asians finally like popularized. Like The reason I have the voice that I do was because I when I came here from a British school, nobody understood why I had a British accent. Right. I got mercifully teased for having a fake British accent for for years when I first moved to the U.S., and then all of a sudden, Crazy Rich Asians pops up and all of a sudden, like, they can have a non-generic American accent. And so, yeah, that it's very important for me in my books to have accents. Like, just because someone is Hispanic doesn't mean they have to have mm-hmm. this single voice. There was a, I remember in Switzerland, a lot of us spoke French and that, made people like stop like they would stumble <laughs> when they heard us speaking in French and I was like oh, we live in freaking Switzerland <laughs> they speak French here guys yeah people forget that like you can learn other languages and you can learn them to a level of proficiency where you don't have an accent and it's not always English They everything defaults back to English and it really probably shouldn't so I like having a, an Asian character that has a, a like a German accent because he's grown up in Germany. These are like little things that are nitpicky for me. But I just think that it makes things more interesting when I describe someone visually as being one way and then I give them a completely different voice.
1: I think also it opens the door because we're so fixated on own voices and then a good way fixated on. But a lot of people stereotype in that need to be diverse and wanting to help and be an ally and all this other fun stuff that you in a good, positive way. But then you're also going, "Mm, listen, I am first-generation American, and we were very Americanized in in my Miami house. And so culturally, um, my biggest information is food. Like, I could give you the Cuban menu, (laughs) you know, and the Argentinian one and the Chilean one. But don't ask me about poetry or poems or writers and stuff like that, because we were very Americanized. And yes, people are like, you have an accent. And I'm like, yeah, good luck trying to figure that one out. I'm from Florida. (laughs) So, yes, there is an accent, but it is not Latin. And so, there's also been characters that are first generation American or first generation British and first generation fill in the blanks. And we kind of wait, like, wait a minute. You're talking without an accent based off of what we think it should be. Exactly. And, you know, from an even
0: from like a narrating standpoint, I want to find other. BIPOC narrators who want to play with their accent, who wants to learn other accents. My British voice probably comes more naturally than my American. Mm -hmm. And I would not get cast in that if someone saw me. I would like some of the people that end up putting my stuff into audio to be able to have that flexibility of voice and actually be paid to use it. You know? Yeah, Because the training doesn't come cheap. (laughs) And it's always a joy to be able to use your full range.
1: Yeah, and it's okay. You don't have to be born in British to be cast as a British character, and you don't have to be from you know Cuba to be a Cuban. There, you know, stuff like that. I mean, granted, we will pick on you and say and because I, I would include in the review saying that is not a Cuban accent. You're you're pronouncing your R's. <laughs> we do not pronounce R's <laughs> or S's. Right? But it's it's just still supposed to be a light interpretation of it. And I know the conversation has always been about, you know, the own voices. So if the character is black, you need to hire a black narrator. And now I've I've even heard some things like, well, if the character is British and I'm like, oh, we're going to go there now with accents. No, 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 no. Because the diversification of our world is we have every single demographic that could potentially be British or it can be Spaniard. It could be Greece. It could be French. It doesn't really matter. So I'm like, now, if you're trying to tell me that that's supposed to be a British accent, but you're doing an Irish, you have, you know, Lucky Charms, that's a different conversation. (laughs) But you don't have to be British in order to play a British character from an accent perspective. Just make sure you get the coaching (laughs) to do it properly. (laughs) Exactly. Ethnicity
0: is also different from nationality anyway. So, like, my ethnicity is I'm Filipina, but I'm American because uh-huh. that is what my citizenship is. So those are two very rather separate conversations to have. Absolutely, I do believe in authentic casting. I just don't think that because of authentic casting that we should dumb down our characters. Because if if the main character is of a certain ethnicity, then that is what I should cast. But that doesn't mean that he's not going to voice these other side characters. Uh-huh. So, and if that means that he's having a conversation with himself in four different languages. Well, sorry, bro. That's just what I'm forcing you to do. And
1: not only that, but like, good for you for having four different accents and being able to do different languages. I'm like, yes. I sometimes get messages from my listeners. Oh, Holden Maddox is
0: my co-narrator on the first audiobook we had done. And they were like, he just did like five different accents in a single conversation. I was like, I know. Doesn't that? <laughs> Poor guy, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, here's like, it's called acting. Yeah, but it's it's also weirdly like. Uh, I don't know, talking to yourself and yelling at yourself. I I have a a vision of him in his booth (laughs) because I know how he acts. So he like moves with his acting. So I'm like, are you like pointing at yourself and yelling at yourself while you're doing this other voice? And like, you know how people do that in the mirror or like those TikTok videos where they cut to themselves? Yes.
1: I'm like, I imagine that he's doing that oh, in his yeah. booth right now. <laughs> yeah, but I think all of you guys, when you're doing a solo narration or a dual POV narration where you have to voice your the you know the this case i say for you be the, the the femme characters pov but you're gonna have her best friend in that character you're gonna have the guy in the character you're gonna have a bunch of just people popping in and out you have to voice all those individuals so i as a listener understand that it is not the heroine speaking it is her bff or the guy you know saying sweet nothings into her ear uh, <laughs> <laughs> right so I
0: pause between the dialogue when I have to change my voice. Mm-hmm. I think Holden just like plows right through it. <laughs> yeah. And I kind of admire that. I wish he would film himself while he's acting because he's like a full body actor. So I wanted to see like, you know, him hunched and then suddenly straightened to play another character and over and over and over again. I think that would be great to watch. Yeah. Um, now, I literally will press pause so that I can fix my voice to the other person.
1: It's definitely, you know, practice and talent and also how you do. I know that I, I think I would be more like you where I had to be like, okay. And then maybe even listen to something first before I can start, you know, mirroring it. So that's the other thing too. But I'm also wondering, dude, if you're moving around that much, how is editing for you? <laughs> oh, man. You all tell me we stay still as possible because any little sound can be picked up by these awesome mics that we have. And I'm going, m hmm i stand in mind but i have a pretty large booth so i i have the freedom to
0: move he i think he's in a, a smaller space so i don't know and he's not like a small
1: guy so yeah i'll <laughs> we'll have to ask him when we have him on the show <laughs> so, <laughs> right? Holden, we were talking about you were your ears burning <laughs> <laughs> how are you able to act in your little booth yeah <laughs> but even like gary furlong i've seen him when he's does and now i'm now we'll say Gary. Let me know if otherwise. But I'm like, if if that's how he narrates while he's in actual full blown production of an audiobook versus how he's doing his social media, I'm like, damn, your your mic must be like set up in a way where y- you only pick up your voice versus that movement that you were doing to get into the character. Oh gosh.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's a, uh, there are classes, African <laughs> classes on that. They keep getting sold out so fast and um, that I haven't been able to get into them. But like, I know Shiloh has taken one of those classes. I think she is 21 fix or something. Ah, I forget what it was called, but she did one of those classes to kind of like hone down her placement and her recording Mm -hmm. and i (laughs) i've been trying to get into that class forever but every time it pops up (laughs) i'm like oh i'm too busy i can't spare this kind of time right now oh coaching is like one of the huge things that i'm trying to spend more time on but man having other jobs sucks
1: (laughs) that but also being like i think as a freelancer i know i've had this conversation with some of the other narrators and even authors it's it's a little hard to be like okay. You mean I got to take time off from working and being and getting the cha-ching to better improve my skill sets, which is going to improve my cha-ching factor later, but I'm supposed to be okay with it. Mentally, I'm not.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And of course, like, yes, it will improve your craft in order to make more later on. However, it doesn't have an immediate Mm -hmm. thing. It's like, I have this certificate, pay me more. It
1: doesn't quite work that way. It can be like straining on the heart. (laughs) You're like, and then I got to practice and then I got to do this a couple of times. I'm like, yes, it's it's okay. You got, I go, we'll talk (laughs) calendaring, but you have to do, I mean, there's, I don't care how long you've been narrating. I don't care if you are the golden goose of narration. All of y'all can benefit from coaching in one aspect or another, whether it's the business side, answer your emails to (laughs) (laughs) action. Even if you're not reply, I am sensing a theme.
0: i feel bad because i don't like criticizing my colleagues but there have been times where i was like so what exactly did you do today mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're like oh well i saw this and then i saw this and then i saw this and then i, I was looking at this and then i thought this would be a great story and i'm like mm-hmm. what did you do for work today and they just look at me like you know and i can hear them blinking yes yes <laughs>
1: And again I get it we have to have social media now to be relevant and get our names out there. I struggle with it. I can give you an entire plan and strategy on how to do it, but myself, mm. hell no. And there's just these things but there's still that part of things where we still have to, you know, ensure that this business flows and you know when things are deadline and you have to send things to editors or your co-narrator, like if they got the files first and you decided that they're going to have a mixed accent of Valley figure out Texan for this character. Guess what? (laughs) They did the accent first. You and they sent it to you. My expectation is that you're gonna follow that accent work. (laughs) And I'm not going to ask her to change it because you, the dude, did not listen and reply to that email. <laughs> but it's it's a double standard that we have, I think, in this industry. And I'm glad that we're having to have some of these conversations. And I think it's important. We're not dogging anybody. I'm not dogging anybody. I love everyone equally. But if I have to go after your butt for things, we're going to have to have a conversation sooner or later. Probably the best thing I've done, other than finally finding editors that
0: I liked, was I, I hired a PA. Mm-hmm. And it's not even that she needs to like fix my life because I'm, you know, I I work in about 45 minute increments and then I take a 15 minute social media break or, or, you know, Mm -hmm. adjustment break. Mentally, I had some issues with like, you have to run a street team. Well, that is freaking chaos. It's Mm -hmm. always chaos because there's so many and they're volunteers too. So it's not like I can be like, well, I expected you to do this by this time. It's like, yeah, I'm doing this for free. (laughs) <laughs> you can go suck an egg <laughs> and like i i don't really know how to handle that in in the way that uh, a more emotionally intelligent person would which is like it's okay. Just let me know, please. You know, uh, is there anything I can do to enable you to like get that review in
1: and stuff like that? Cause you know, you got the book for free and that's what you said you were going to do. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> exactly. But you have to say it in a nice way so that they don't feel attacked and all of that. You know, that's tough when you're the writer and you're this close to the thing, right? You're, you're this close to how it financially impacts you. So hiring a PA, huge freaking life changing thing cuz my my street team is growing when it never did last year. In the in the whole like what 8 months that I've been writing, mm-hmm. the street team was like the same 15 people over and over again cuz they were the ones that were doing all this stuff. I can talk to 15 people, you know, but that's not enough. That's not enough to for, for a street team. Mm-hmm. So now it's gone up to like 60 people and I, and she's done that in like a month and a half. I'm like <gasps> That's awesome. I love
1: you. <laughs> well, it's one less thing that you have. I want you to write. Just like I want the narrators to be recording, right? And there's all these different aspects of the business that also has to be happening while you're doing all this stuff. And it's a, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. I need a PA, <laughs> you know, with the amount of work that I'm doing. I, the you know, the assistant needs the assistant kind of thing to do some of the stuff, but it, it's gut-wrenching to trust somebody. It is.
0: Oh, my God. Because so many people... I mean, there's there's a lot of people that call themselves like so. She's never PA'd before, but she is on a lot of street teams, and she is doing so much of her own education by talking to other PAs, to successful PAs, and ta- so I was like, you know what? <laughs> Let's grow together. I mm-hmm. think this could work. But there are a lot of people, especially in the indie space, who you know they call themselves graphic artists while while they do everything on Canva. There are a lot of editors who just passed high school English, mm-hmm. and you know. They think that because they can read, they can edit. And there's, you know, a lot of social media marketers who just have an Instagram and think that they can do run a, run a professional mm-hmm. social media. And I'm not saying that people need degrees in all of these things. I don't. I don't think that's true. I think that there are plenty of people who can self-teach. Yeah. But if they haven't done the work. That's the thing. Then they shouldn't be trying to
1: sell those services mm-hmm. no absolutely and i think that's part of the conversation too that i've been seeing lately it's like not not it it's been used to like not shaming oh great you just discovered audiobooks i've been reading and listening to books for 15 years for an example the whole like shaming someone for discovering i'm like i don't think that's happening so much i mean i, I love it i'm like oh my god you just got it you got into audiobooks oh let me give you a list right of all the awesomeness <laughs> right right My thing has been the, oh, you just started listening to audiobooks maybe less than a year ago, but now you own a production company and you're casting people and the same two people that you love in the door Okay, yeah, that's where I have the issue. Or I'm a graphic designer and I'm using Canva and I'm using a template and I just charge you $300 for it.
0: You know, probably my own fault here because I wanted to offload a lot of that stuff, but there have been some services and and things that I, I had to pay for. Just so that I could like close out the relationship. Yeah. Because uh, of course, on the one hand, I I never want to be like you did the service, so I'm not going to pay you. It's kind of like, yeah, my bad. That was me.
1: Research is extremely important, and whether they just started or you know, like also, but do the due diligence. Like like right now, so the conversation with the whole part of AI is that there are a lot of people using AI for graphic work, and then saying, oh, I don't use AI. The bitch, you don't. <laughs> you know yeah you do why do they have six fingers right but even then some of the very basic like making a photo editing to make it look nicer whether it's the lighting and stuff like that that's part of ai's job too to do so there's different it's not just the extra body parts and the appendages or oh look that looks like henry cavill and beauty and the beast kind of a thing where i'm like this thing's gonna go after your ass oh my god that mouse is so litigious oh my god yeah, <laughs> yeah. but you know rightfully so if i but you know whatever i create it's my i've had my my work stolen. I've had people come into my ethics you know ethics here where I've trained them and they've stolen clients. I've had it where people have completely lied and made themselves the victims all because they wanted to have a phone number, fill in the blank reasons, right? Been, I've been there. So if you're going to steal, know that there's going to be consequences. When those consequences happen, though, karma takes a sweet ass time. But she does get it there. It does. It does there. But mess with the mouse, that's gonna get there a lot quicker. Yes, say. <laughs> <laughs> right, right.
0: Uh, yeah, the the mouse. The mouse is is a whole different thing. But yeah, no, this is why I believe in contracts. Yeah. Contracts, contracts, contracts. Yes. Um, contracts are for everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, contracts protect everyone, NDAs protect everyone. Yes. And even if you have no intention of ever suing anybody, having a contract and having a spat go public and you have a contract. That will always be a good thing for you mm-hmm. if you're doing the right thing.
1: Yeah. An NDA also is an NDA. Y'all don't. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> you know? Don't bust that right. way. I will send you a DM. No, no, you will not. It's not just in, in public conversations and stuff like that. There's, there's a reason for it. And it's protecting you as a person and you as a reader, you as a client, you as an author and stuff like that. And it's just there's a lot. It's still business. If you're going into getting into any of this stuff, do your due diligence and learn about the business and spend the time in it first before you bust out with, I am, you know, fill in the blank title and this is what I do now kind of a thing. I'm like, I'm all for it. You want to start underwater basket weaving by all means, but get in there, do the dirty work first.
0: Right. And it's, it's kind of like the same thing with, um, and this became really huge during the pandemic. Oh yeah. So I was a professional photographer for a bit. I worked for a company, and we did like newborn photography. Aww, right? It was a really cute, so cute time in my life. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the, I clearly had baby fever. This was before I had my son. I'm over it now. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> just kidding. But I did newborn photography, and I remember during the pandemic, everybody wanted to be a photographer. And I was like, okay, well, let's talk about equipment. And they were like, well, I was just going to use my iPhone. I was like, the hell you were. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, so you you think that you can be a photographer without understanding how a DSLR works Mm -hmm. or understanding, I don't know, Google DSL,
1: please, if you don't know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's like, uh, you you don't know the rule of thirds. You don't understand composition. It's like, why do you think that you can charge... Uh photography fees in this situation. And they were like, Well, you know, I know what a pretty
1: picture looks like. And I was like, mm. <laughs> Well, so you know, fast forward also during pandemic, oh, I sound hot because I say the word fuck in a particular way for 15 seconds. Now I'm gonna narrate an entire book. No, you're not. You, you stamina. <laughs> uh. <laughs> the whole thing with verba happened. Thankfully that's out of the way, but it's still there's a lot of people out there that are like, Oh, I'm a voiceover actor. I'm like Good for you, How, let's, let, let's see your list of coaches and because um, you sound stiff and uh, your character is not consistent across the 15 minutes. So, yeah, it's easy to do a night, a second stitch on Tiki Taki and sound caught. Right. I am a developer. I love teaching. I love teaching. I love being here to help. If you have any questions, I will answer. But I'm also like Google is your friend before you come at me with some questions. Do a bit of the work. I can let you then know like no that ain't it or versus not but yeah I think it's a it's you know then and the community as a whole I think like they're easier on some of the newer narrators because they're more accessible via social media that is true and I can get xyz to say good girl Vivian I'm like look sorry um <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry oh I'm all for praise I will not <laughs> admit it there are certain people that I'm like mm? Thank you you know but I'm not no <laughs> you know there's sort of, there's boundaries and there's rules and there's dynamics and y'all people come on and just because he was you know they may have been doing this for a little while and they're replying to everything and telling you sweet nothings on the mic all of a sudden now they have a thousand followers and blah 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 and I'm like, dude, no you're setting presidents but they're a lot more forgiving of the male narrators. Oh, yeah. You know, and things like that. And as much as there's some people out there, which I I see them saying, we have to support the ladies and the feminimidities and we love them equal. And I'm like, yeah, that's not what you were saying in your DMs a second ago. (laughs) No. Or like, well, where's those reviews? Where's those things? You know, same thing with those that, you know, say about diversity and stuff like that, but then they're only promoting the white ones. Um, (laughs) So there's a lot of room for improvement is what I'm saying. Um, And I'm all for having that confidence, but do the research, do the the, the work again, and um, yeah, you're newing. That's great. I love it. Fresh blood. I love fresh blood. <laughs> I love it. I love the energy that a lot of the newbies have. That I'm like, yeah, you still sound stiff. you have having- I don't care if you have 50 books, you're still sounding stiff. <laughs> it's called coaching. classes, <laughs> <laughs> I-, I think maybe I've also like hit that age, you
0: know? Because <laughs> I look at some of the people who are younger than me, and I'm like. Was I like that? No, I was a ball of freaking insecurity. I was an emo punk kid that didn't want to talk to anybody. How are you guys so shiny? How is this new generation <laughs> so happy? How are you not a burning pit of anxiety all the time? <laughs> and I'm like, maybe they're doing something right. or maybe the you know, us as the people raising them are doing something right. But I'm I'm looking at my son sometimes and and he's like doing breathing exercises to help calm himself down and I was like bro you're two and a half
1: I don't do that and I'm almost 40 yeah hell yeah but then I also look at my 21 year old which is why when you were going about the baby photos I'm like oh and I'm like no that's right because that at 21 hell at 12 they were rolling their eyes at you but there's certain times where I like had a recent situation where I was telling him it was something like I need to help with something and it was and he was like yeah and like, completely not bothered. And I'm like, I know I did not raise it. It's just a again, generational thing where they might be a little bit more emotionally detached about certain things. Some of them are very selfish, I think, too, about it's them and themselves and nobody else. And that's including career paths. And they will write other people's t- tailcoats to get there. And it's just one of those things where you're going, okay. But, yeah, I, I I love the confidence that some of these individuals have. I just wish that the ladies may have some of that more confidence than the boys do. Because definitely in this industry, it's all about that and it's all about the guys. And as a cis female, I get it. I understand that we're going to try to put ourselves in the character and hope that this person on the other end as as a male narrator is whispering these sweet nothings to me, quote unquote. But I'm like, at the end of the day, no. (laughs) that's not. It's still a fantasy. It's a book.
0: Right. Oh, gosh. And this is also, so when I was pregnant, Audiobooks were like a huge thing because there was so much to get done around the house that I couldn't read anymore. So audio that was when I first really discovered audiobooks. And now I am speaking to a lot of these, you know, my one-click narrators. Mm-hmm. I I am now speaking to them on a, a fairly regular basis. And I'm like, I cannot listen to you <gasps> talk about these dirty things anymore. Cause I now have a professional relationship. And I'm like, and so when they say like good girl
1: i'm like (laughs) (laughs) but you were talking about meeting them in person you're going to be at the dark star con in in, august signing how exciting is that (laughs) so it's it's hard for
0: me to like leave the house in general because i i don't like people scary (laughs) Um, (laughs) i am a person of routine so i don't necessarily like intend to ever go to a lot of conventions it was just that this one was specifically authors and audiobooks which I'm obviously passionate about and it was in a great location so that's why I kind of picked Dark Star Con to be the one convention I go to this year because uh, I've been to Denver I've been to all of these other places so was like I've never been to New Orleans it's like one of the few things left on my bucket list so <laughs> it's like
1: ah oh, Troy Duran you read my mind in the past, I I had used like, okay, okay, great. That's a great convention. I love it. Oh, great. So-and-so is going to be there. Do I want to go to that city? I haven't been. Yay. This would be like, I think, the fourth into New Orleans. But damn, those beignets are so <laughs> worth it. And there's also like, something always new to find. And um, new authors that have used that city as a landscape to their story. And I'm like, oh, I know that part. That was in so-and-so's book, Miss Sherilyn Kenyon. I love her.
0: Oh, yes. But also the like the classic, mm-hmm. you know, the
1: classic monster
0: romance Anne rice. I know. I know she doesn't. <laughs> no, she shouldn't be classified as a monster romance, but it is what it is now. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, the original Vampire Temptress, I am very much looking forward to going down there. I'm actually going to spend a few extra days so that I can scurry around jazz clubs
1: <laughs> and sightsee. Yeah, we've been sending each other like DMs on, on on media saying, look at this one. Look, oh, look, this is a vampire themed restaurant. Oh, yeah, I want to- a margarita in a bloodbath. Yes, yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that looks like so much fun. And I want
1: to do like all of, I want to do the stupid tours through the like the cemetery. Yes, I, want- I did do a ghost tour one time. It was good. <laughs> During the daytime, you know, it's non suspect. Because, like, they have those gates and fences that, you know, that are ornate. And this is, you know, typical New Orleans, you know, French quarters kind of thing of the court. And I'm like, and then the tour guide goes, and those look like penises because they are. like, (laughs) oh, they are. Okay. So things that sometimes you wouldn't even notice, they point out. It's like man knows his audience. Good for you. (laughs) In this case, there were a few of us. I'm going, yeah, mm -hmm, he does. But even some of the things that the, the horror stories. Um, and oh, the, yeah. the ghosts and things like that are happening. And I'm going, but you walked by that same building hours ago and didn't even think anything of it. And then you learn about the story. Then you're going, Oh,
0: okay. I
1: absolutely want to do like an evening
0: ghost tour or
1: something like that. Like one of the ghost walking tours. I think that would be so much fun. I am definitely be bringing my sage and my black tourmalines and my black obsidians. I am coming prepared. This so time. I am not that for, I, I don't, believe in anything so i still like ghost
0: stories though and i think this is like a hangover of of being you know from a a catholic culture Mm -hmm. it's such a rich part of at least being filipino it's like we have a lot of mythology and we take it like in a weirdly serious way (laughs) and even though my family is very like we are all very detailed data oriented human beings sometimes there's like this we, we still have these weird superstitions mm-hmm. that gets passed down from person to person i'm like i'm sure that was just a coincidence but then get the right lighting and you're like maybe
1: <laughs> <laughs> it is an eclectic world that we live in and uh, and then when we go to cities like new orleans you just don't know yeah. so it's, it's exciting
0: I think as a non-believer, it's almost more fun for me to scare myself with ghost stories because <laughs> it, it's so uncomfortable. But it's at the end of the day, I don't bring it home, and it's just it's just fun for me.
1: Yeah, I mean, they they a lot of cities have these kind of ghost stories, and I, every time I go into like Savannah, Georgia, is another one again historical million dollars of of stuff there that you can do, and uh, again, you walk by during the daytime. And don't even think anything of it. And then do a tour like this and you get some rich history and you're going, oh, yeah, sorry. I was walking all over the dead bodies in the streets. Great. Right. (laughs) And there's like, yeah, this this man and this woman, like they did this
0: totally gruesome thing. And during a time frame where people never did totally gruesome things. I'm like, yeah, but they kind of did. But hey. (laughs) Yeah.
1: It's all that stuff, but it's going to be fun. I think that having the focus be specifically on audiobooks and you guys as the performers and the authors that are writing these stories are going to be really interesting. And I'm, I'm excited to hang out with you guys. And I know that they just did another set of releases of who's going to be oh. there that I'm like, yay. Ooh, ooh okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm actually really curious to see if Sean Kristen is as funny in person as he is online. Um <laughs> <laughs> you heard our episode i'm sure yeah but like with just every time he pops up on my fyp Mm -hmm. he just like the way he he just looks and the way he introduces himself to the camera i'm like man why can't i do that (laughs) he's just so charismatic
1: oh he's okay (laughs)
0: right you're
1: indifferent i can tell (laughs) Well, you know, when you get to know them a little better, you know.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. And then, like, of course, I want to see Sebastian York live. I I want to see how he because it's always like it's a weird guilty pleasure for me to watch somebody that gets recorded. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden they're they're doing everything like, you know, one take. I always enjoy that because it's kind of like a weird uh, learning point for Mm -hmm. me. Because I get to actually see them doing their craft in a way that hasn't been spliced multiple times.
1: Yeah, I mean that, the recording of the novel. So we have Tara Langella, uh, Lucas Webley, that from a JT Gessinger's novella that they're going to be recording there alive. It's going to be interesting too because you guys are so used to doing it by yourselves. <laughs> In a boom. Yeah. And with multiple takes, depending on what, you know, if you've catched yourself or not, I'm like, no, I could have done that differently. Or, in, in the, in the, you know, three lines later, in anger, she said that, and you're going, damn it, I was Whoa. being cute and <laughs> uh, So to do it kind of like in that one take and to kind of see all these, you know, big names and stuff, because Tara is huge in the you know, oh, yeah. work and stuff like that. And, you know, Lucas has also been doing a lot of more VO work as far as games and, and other things and animation. Sean also had that stuff. He's not in that group of, as far as that novella. But yeah, I mean, seeing y'all in the wild is always fun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think um, hearing people's natural voices is also funny for me because mm-hmm. no one
1: 100% sounds like how they narrate. No, you guys sit up straight all of a sudden and, be- and have that denarrative voice on. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like, oh, we
0: know what we sound like. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Cause I've seen it live sometimes when they do a live, and I'm like, what's your back rate voice on, to Or the, you'll see it like a bit of emotion of like standing up straighter or, you know, a little bit of a, <clears throat> and then all of a sudden they're in that voice cadence again of what they're in the booth. And I'm like, I just want to talk to you. Take a chill pill. <laughs> don't need to, for you to be and- on right now. <laughs> Here's a cupcake. Bye.
0: <laughs> i I think that's really funny that you you mentioned like the posture thing Mm because that's one of the things i get you know we all get coached on is that changing your posture changes your voice yes and now i'm like weirdly conscious about it every time i'm on a live (laughs) because i i am a sloucher i you know i sit cross-legged in my chair Mm -hmm. when i'm writing and working and my posture is god-awful yeah and then all of a sudden i'm like narrating i'm like i'm on the balls of my feet i am you know i'm a marionette (laughs) on a string (laughs) again probably comes from being newer yeah i still have to think my way through these things when i see like troy duran live narrate he is the same person when he narrates as when he speaks and i'm just like i hate you (laughs) because he's like he's so relaxed when he narrates Mm -hmm. it's like he it just comes that and I think that's the radio in him.
1: Yeah, because yeah, that that many years in radio. I mean, like even for me, like you'll see that when I do lives, I will sit up straighter. When I'm here th- doing this right now, I'm my back's curved because it's more of a relaxed conversation. With Troy being with radio so long, I mean, it, it's just I don't want to say shooting the shit because it's still work, but it's a different kind of environment. You're a little bit more relaxed. That's why I love kind of getting coaching because I don't. If
0: I get coaching from someone who does uh, like computer VO work, mm-hmm. like the character work that they do, is always like amazing. Mm-hmm. And then when I deal with like a theater person, it's all about sustainability, consistency, and you just kind of see it in the the way they handle their craft. Mm-hmm. And then you have a radio person, <laughs> and then they're just like, "This is who I am." Yeah. <laughs> and you there's something to learn from all of them. Absolutely. But it's weird for me because I like I live in my own little bubble all the time. So uh, pushing myself out to these other people and getting advice from them, like some of the stuff they tell me, I'm like, that sounds like such a common sense thing, but I didn't arrive at it by myself.
1: Well, I mean, experience is uh, the best teacher and having it where, whether you're getting the coaching or, or when like I, like I was having a conversation with one of my clients and I'm like, did you put your audiobook on Goodreads as an edition of your book? Because you know, paperback is one edition, hardcover is another, and ebook's another, and so is it's not a separate title, it's just edition. And she's like, Oh, I didn't start to think about that. And I'm like, it's okay, it's why I'm here. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it's because you're so in the trenches and you know, you're constantly going and going and sometimes getting that information that may seem like common knowledge for some people. Is not for others or the time. I'm like, oh, I'll do it later. I'm like, oh, I
0: forgot to do that.
1: I forgot to send that.
0: Oh gosh, yeah, I'm terrible at that. I have like all of these post its that I'm staring at right now of things that I haven't done yet.
1: Right. Well, like like playing the game of two truths and a lie. <laughs> oh shoot! <laughs> I used to hate it in when I was in school that teachers would give us homework and then never yeah. check it. <laughs> You know, I hated that. I'm like, I-, I spent hours on this shit. What the hell? I hated it. So I'm like, I'm like, I give you guys homework. So we're going to do it. So we're going to play this game now. Two oh. truths and a lie. Hopefully you didn't tell me your, t- your, your, your stuff already. I'm mentally like, yeah, reorganizing things. Cause I think I did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it happens all the time. They're like, so I'm like, I may start adding the and add some backup just in case you'd reveal what some of these things are. But also it's like a test. Like was Vivi paying attention? I'm like, yes, Vivi was paying attention. Right. <laughs> oh. Right. Oh God. So we're gonna tell us three things about yourself, and we're gonna to try to figure out which one's a lie of those three things. if you're ready,
0: okay. Um, let's see. I went skydiving with my husband, and uh, we accidentally got him in an accident. Or, well, I guess that's redundant. Um, <laughs> I went skydiving with my husband, and he had an accident. I have been to over thirty countries. And I speak three languages.
1: It's all in the details because she could probably speak more than three languages. But if you're a military background and also just schooling and stuff like that, easily over 30 countries and the accident on, uh, on skydiving. I'm like, why would you want to jump out of a perfectly well <laughs> So those are your three options. Ob- okay, so which is the lie? Is the uh, skydiving with the hubby and having an accident the lie? That one's true. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, he's
0: fine. It's just that he had to pull his reserve. Uh, He's fine. (laughs) You know, it was probably his fault. Maybe. No, actually, Mm -hmm. it was probably me. But he just had to pull his reserve and he landed just fine. So is it the over 30 countries? The lie? That is the lie. Yes. I've actually only been to a little
1: over 20. See numbers, people, know.
0: <laughs> right? That's why I have to do the specifics, right?
1: Yes, it's it, it's how it works, you know. <laughs> but yeah, okay. I was kind of hoping that there wasn't an issue with the accident, so I was kind of like, let that be the lie, please. But if he's okay, he's fine. Um, so we are licensed skydivers, so having accidents mid-flight,
0: it's kind of like your car having problems at some point or another. It just, there's
1: a lot of things that can go Statistically speaking, it's going to happen. Right. And
0: there, but statistically speaking, chances are nothing bad will happen if you just know how to handle it. So that was it. His first parachute just had too many twists. So the canopy didn't open to slow down his descent. He let it go. Another one came out. That's what it's there for. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Still like for about five seconds, I was watching him flail going, Oh no, I just killed my boyfriend.
1: (laughs) Oh, boy. Oh, goodness. And I'm sure he's probably cool, calm, and collected. He's like, oh, that didn't work out. Okay, let's call the, res- the reserves. Too.
0: <laughs> so he's fantastic in the sense that he is great until it's done. Yeah. And then he, like, sat down. He was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I kind of like that about him. I, I think that's that's an incredibly useful coping mechanism yes. where it's like. Absolutely. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Once he's calm, then he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> now I have a headache because all of the stuff is hitting him.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's if he's cool, calm and collected while the situation is happening and he gets it done and he, you know, everything is good. But then the freak out afterwards happens. I'm OK with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's kind of how I roll. <laughs> right. So,
0: Yeah. I
1: was like, oh, God. (laughs) Yeah. So the uh, other thing that we do is this. So traditionally, it would have, you know, after we, you know, after we're done with our talk, we go into the segment for the patrons where we do a quick round of would you rather. And one of the questions is, would you rather tell everyone your guilty pleasures or never partake in your guilty pleasures again? And then we get the answer nine times out of ten. Everybody's like, oh, I'll tell everybody. Right. Yeah. Well, it's easy for you to say that when no one's going to ask you as a follow up. So what were those questions? (laughs) And we kind of kind of I always say as a a fun remedy, like, it's okay. And the next time you come back as a guest, we're going to have that conversation about your guilty pleasures. And uh, never really did. So I'm like, you know what? It's just going to be a new segment where we're going to have about the conversation about what these guilty pleasures are, because we're going to have a talk about (laughs) it. So (laughs) because, again, nine times out of 10, you're going to bust out with, oh, I'll tell everybody. Well, we already did the stinky cheese. Yeah, <laughs>
0: like, this was a, like, I remember getting an Airbnb over a cheese shop when I was in France and it was oh, it was a beautiful decision, but it did smell terrible. But I was like, there's cheese, so I don't care. <laughs> so my guilty pleasures are, are kind of boring. It's, you know, basically wine, cheese and chocolate, which goes with having come from Switzerland. I am a huge snob about those things. And like, you know, um, in the U.S., we think that Swiss cheese is like the light yellow one with the holes in it. Mm -hmm. But there are like 16 or 17 different kinds of Swiss cheeses. I have a kind of a weird peeve where people think that like a charcuterie board is just like an adult lunchable. I'm like, that is not. It's like I have gotten better because I've had some time to reflect that I shouldn't randomly lecture strangers on. (laughs) (laughs) I know it's a joke, but (laughs) like, so those are my guilty pleasures. But I also think that my unintentional guilty pleasure is I love to freaking discuss really obscure and ridiculous topics that I've gone down the rabbit hole. Like I mansplain and my husband makes fun of me now because he will start randomly mansplaining things to me that I mansplained to him. And he's like, you see how you sound? I'm like, like, I get your point. Don't take this away from me. <laughs> I don't know if you saw, but like somebody did like, a, they posted something about fonts. And I was like, well, Helvetica. Oh, yes. Helvetica. <laughs> I was like, Helvetica is my favorite font because it's named after Switzerland. And I did like a whole thing. And I was like, I am such an asshole. <laughs>
1: Well, I see, I oh, it's again, from a graphics perspective, it's a good font, America. Right. There was another one that I saw. I, oh, God, it's almost been a year. I had to find that clip because I had to send it to you guys. But it was this whole thing about the fonts. And it's a very really pretty font. But I did not know that it was from Switzerland and things like that. So I'm like, oh, that's, that's <laughs> interesting knowledge. So I was like, okay, cool. So I took it as, oh, look, she's sharing her insight. That's awesome. Right.
0: But there's like a fine line between sharing insight <laughs> and being... A dick. <laughs> Being obnoxious. <Yeah. laughs> I have absolutely no awareness of where that line is.
1: It's okay, we'll come up with a safe word, like a code word. And if that ever happens while we're in public in groups, like when we're at Dark Star, we're like, oh, no, no, no. maybe it could be Haberica. <laughs> let
0: it
1: go, let it go. that's going to be the safe word. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm
0: like, I'm usually like so far gone by that point. I'm like, no, no, I just need to finish my point. It's like, nobody cares. Take it down a notch. <laughs>
1: and yet we'll have people that are confident and don't give a fuck and just blur out shit so i'm like hey, yeah, it's okay you're right
0: okay. <laughs> it's okay depends on the audience depends on time and place i'm yes oh my god but what if it's like something i've nerded out on i have zero respect for time or place
1: <laughs> yeah well you get excited about it i mean people i think when they're excited about something you can kind of tell mm-hmm. like just like when i say that I can tell when a narrator was mm, or phoned it in or was really excited about the role. Right, there's something in the in the tone and there's something the way they lean into it. It feels like they're leaning. Right, yeah, yeah, and they're they're are they're, they're having fun. It's very you know I can tell they're playing yeah exactly but also that's the same thing like when there's knowledge and stuff if you're exam- like, oh i didn't know that i will let you go and tell me and educate me and things like that but then i will also be like heaven to to a safer <laughs> but you're also a lot more forgiving there are times when i've seen
0: people's eyes glaze over and i know they're just being polite but i cannot <laughs> and, and i'm like oh god how long has your face been like that i'm so sorry <laughs> yeah
1: it's like oh look there's cheese over here come on, come on. right <laughs>
0: which I have been assured of at this dark star con, but. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sure.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Troy is probably going to be like, we're going to have a charcuterie class. I'm like, Oh no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm going to be like the kid with my hand up in class. And I'm going to be I'm just, like, just, I'm going to apologize ahead of time.
1: <laughs> when it comes to something that we're passionate about, we all become that person to some extent mm-hmm. or another. So it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> but yeah. And nine times out of 10, also, you guys are like, oh, I I will tell everyone my guilty pleasures. And everybody's always thinking like, ooh, you know, dungeons and (laughs) and other things. And it's like very like, I just like wine and cheese. (laughs) Man, I'm boring. No, but that's the thing. It's really not. I find it extremely interesting to kind of get to know that side of this is what you think is a guilty pleasure. But then I'm also the friend that will bust out with at an event saying, hey, I got some cheese and some wine for you because, you know. Yeah, because I like my my friends and stuff like that. So I guess my guilty pleasure is more that I I have a very
0: specific stuff that I like and I think and I feel guilty about partaking in them because they tend to be expensive in this world of skyrocketing grocery prices. So I I do feel guilty spending like 80 bucks
1: for a bottle of something that I I actually like. Or like $9 for a pound of good cheese at Publix? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) But
0: I go to like the specialty cheese shop. Yeah, well I've done that too. It's like 40 bucks for this thing of this wheel of cheese that's like, you know, gonna last you a meal. And you're like, but it's worth it. It's like, was it, was it? I'm like, yes. <laughs> so that's where my guilt comes from. It's like, I look at the price tag and I'm
1: like, this is such a
0: luxury that isn't worth it. Except it is.
1: <laughs> it is. It's those little things. So before we go, I do want to know what's coming up for you. What are you writing? What are you narrating? What's, you know, that you can tell us what's coming up. So the the book that I'm finishing up writing,
0: it's called uh, Protect Your Queen. It's a new series the reason I'm stressing out about this book so much is because I do have Jason Clark, my narrator crush. Um, <laughs> <he's gonna laughs> so I'm like, oh, and this is terrible. But like having him like I've had other narrators that I've enjoyed narrate my other books. But in my head, I'm like, oh, God, please just don't think I suck. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I'm trying to finish up this book and then Jason Clark will be narrating that with me later in the year. So probably end of spring release for that one. It's a bodyguard romance.
1: Nice. I like the title. Protect your queen. Mm-hmm. And knowing you, you were like, protect me for what? What the fuck?
0: I could do this. <laughs> this one, I tried to like kind of pull back. I mean, she's morally great character in the sense that she's kind of mischievous, but she's not necessarily the same kind of female that I've been writing before. She's actually a little bit more delicate. Um, because I just I wanted to explore a different character. He's a strong man, but like in a quiet way. And this book is more about music than anything else. It's about a singer, and it's about a bodyguard who basically got injured and could no longer be a musician. It's basically a, a book about me nerding about music. I actually did write a song that's going to be in the book. So the sheet music is going to show up randomly throughout. So, yeah, this is my nerdiness. This is me trying to lecture people on music. Another, you know, back to my guilty pleasure.
1: But here's the thing. We'd rather you be a nerd about the subject matter than like, oh, she didn't do her research, didn't I? That is true.
0: I have read some musics uh, like, you know, the rock star, not so much because I feel like the rock stars are like a, about their own thing. But like where they have like a musician as the the main person and then they don't actually talk about music. Like at all in the entire book. Yeah. And if anybody
1: knows musicians, this that's a topic that they talk about a lot. Oh, yeah. Because it's their passion.
0: Right. Exactly. So th- this is why uh, I started off writing banter because that's where I like to start. And they were bantering back and forth about music. So that's where I built the plot out of. Nice.
1: I love a good banter. Yeah.
0: I, I think that when you, when two people nerd out together about something they both love, it's really cute. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> it is. Yeah. I mean, again, I would much rather you share some of your geekiness and nerdness in coming out and how to be accurate versus, you know, using terms like groupie and puck bunny. Those are derogatory terms, not something to achieve. <laughs>
0: so. Right. Right. And you know, as much as, fans groupies paparazzi media and all of those things seem to play a role i also don't think that my friends who do because i i come from my family lives in the la area my friends who did end up going to work in hollywood they don't really care about those things as much as i think people believe mm-hmm. because we are the fans so i guess we see it more but i don't think it's as big of a deal as people think it is which is why like the whole like I, I do not like the punk bunny, groupie fans. Like, where mm-hmm. they kind of they're disrespectful to their fans because I don't see that as a common thing, unless the guy's a jerk. In which case, I don't. Yeah. Have, he has no business being the star in my book.
1: Yeah, absolutely not. That's the villain side character. He might get a book and redeem himself in like fifteen books later.
0: But still, <laughs> That's right? The arc <laughs> is going to be stop being a dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I don't like the
0: kind of romances where the guy might objectify all other women except for mm-hmm. her. I don't find that sexy. So if mm-hmm. I don't find it sexy, I can't write it. Um I know other people might like it. It's just I know that if I don't find it appealing or romantic, I cannot write the romance.
1: But that's also what's great about this, uh, you know, the genre of romance is there's something for everybody. Mm-hmm. And if that's what you like, that's what you like. That's great. No one's yucking anybody's yum. As they should not be doing. But I am also like, I love oh, that like when again kind of going back to that, you're passionate about it. And like, great, love it. I also think that some people are rewriting negative
0: experiences with these books, which is why they like the bully romances and all that stuff. They're rewriting something that they have experienced and it gives them control. So I respect that. It's not my coping mechanism. Therefore, I don't think I will do it well. But that's good. That way you're not trying to and then, you know, right in the reviews. I think it would definitely reflect. I think it would definitely reflect (laughs) in the reviews. And more disappointingly, the fans that do talk to me, I think they will know and they will talk to me about it. And that would just hurt my feelings too Mm -hmm. much. I think the worst review I ever got, it was not a bad review. It was a three star review. It was just that their criticism was so legitimate. That it hurt my feelings. (laughs) So they were right. Mm -hmm. But I am more scared of that than I am of like one stars. (laughs) No,
1: Well, it's hard to reflect and stuff like that. You know, like my thought is reviews are like assholes. We know it's an opinion. We all have one. But you can also f- provide some feedback to an author about maybe something that they missed on the plot, or hey, this wasn't figured out, or you know, sometimes it was very choppy writing. There's there's a way to do it without coming across as an asshole either. And yeah, you know. and
0: this person didn't, which is probably what made it worse. It was like your parents saying, "I'm disappointed in you," and I'm like, oh, "I'm so sorry. I'll <laughs> yeah, do better." Yeah, it's
1: hard. <laughs> it's hard but you know you learn from it hopefully and uh, you don't do it again hopefully <laughs> i mean i probably will if i write enough books it's gonna happen again but it happens we're human
0: it's okay i try to write very specifically for things that i can find romantic because if i don't find it romantic it's gonna be seen in the writing
1: oh well, yeah i'm sick. Like, uh, like with anything like i know like if there's a dish that i'm cooking and i'm like not happy with it you can tell there's gonna be something off with it yeah and i yeah <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm excited for this new series, Protect Your Queen. Excited that you got Jason Clark to narrate it. So that's gonna be fun. At the same time, I'm gonna be like, so your <laughs> <Dear> crush. <huh? laughs> oh my God. But still, it's it's fun. It's fun to have this kind of thing. So it'll be good. It'll be fun. Right. Until my next crush. <laughs> yeah, right. And that's great. I'd love that we can do
0: that too. <laughs> like, next. <laughs> I doubt it. Just because he's such a versatile actor, it's like, oh yeah. he's like the Henry Cavill of voices for me.
1: Yeah, you know, but that's the thing, too. There's always someone else out there that's like, challenge accepted. I'm like, really? Also true. And also, and some of them do it and you're going, damn. And others like, mm, try again later. Um, and that's okay. It's like, doesn't quite hit the spot. <laughs> doesn't hit the spot, but it's okay. And I know that we all have different tastes. So uh, just because he's my taste doesn't mean everybody. Absolutely. Thank you again for taking the time to hang out with me. It's been so much fun. Yeah, it has. Thank you so much. If you're not following Molly on her social medias, don't worry. I will give you guys all the links. You guys don't have to find them. They'll be over at the episodes, a main page at Viviana and of Books. Don't forget to grab your Dark Star tickets. They are on sale now, but you know, they're selling fast. So make sure you get them. You can visit the Dark Star website at www.darkstarcon.com to learn about all the latest updates as far as who else is coming. And of course, purchase your tickets. And until next time, happy listening. Thank you to all of our audiobook-loving podcast Patreon. The audiobook-loving podcast has special Patreon access levels. Join today to receive benefits including early access to episodes, shout-outs, special exclusive content, and much more. Support the podcast by becoming a Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash audiobook-loving. We thank you for your support. Thank you for joining us on the Audiobook loving podcast hosted by Viviana Enchantress of Books. For links and more information
0: discussed in today's episode, previous podcasts, or the audiobook Lovin' series,
1: please visit our website, VivianaEnchantressOfBooks.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a positive review wherever you listen
0: to our podcast. Until next time, happy listening.